and welcome to Sacred Stories, a podcast by the Office for Christian Leadership, Vocation, and Retreats in Campus Ministry at the University of Dayton. Sacred Stories is hosted by Reverend Dustin Pickett, Elizabeth Montgomery, Megan Crowley, Rachel Bell, and myself, Mike Bennett. Join us every other week as a member of the UD community shares how their story intersects with a reading from a sacred text and encourages us to explore that same intersection in our own life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sacred Stories. This week, we are excited to welcome Andrew Buchanan, a junior majoring in secondary religious education and English language arts with a minor in theology here at the University of Dayton. Andrew is a born and raised Daytonian who loves everything from naps to cooking to collecting vinyl records. His favorite record, you ask? Well, a Japanese edition of a live Queen concert from Rio. Oh, and it's clear, like the vinyl itself is clear, which I think is pretty cool. Andrew is passionate about putting his faith into action for justice, and we are so excited to welcome him to Sacred Stories this week. With that, I'll hand it over to Andrew. Hi, everyone. As Megan said, my name is Andrew Buchanan. Dayton is my hometown, and that's something I'm very proud of. I work in the Center for Social Concern, and I'm involved in various other campus ministry programs and other groups across campus. Today, I will be reading and reflecting on one of my favorite Bible stories, Moses and the Burning Bush. Exodus 3, verses 1 to 14. Meanwhile, Moses was tending his flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. Leading the flock beyond the wilderness, he came to the mountain of God, Horeb. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him as fire flaming out of a bush. When he looked, although the bush was on fire, it was not being consumed. So Moses decided... I must turn aside to look at this remarkable sight. Why does the bush not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. He answered, Here I am. God said, Do not come near. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. I am the God of your father, he continued the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. But the Lord said, I have witnessed the affliction of my people in Egypt and have heard their cry against their taskmasters, so I know well what they are suffering. Therefore, I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them up from the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Gergashites, the Hivites, and the Jesubites. Now indeed the outcry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen how the Egyptians are oppressing them. Now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you, and this will be your sign that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will serve God at this mountain. But, said Moses to God, if I go to the Israelites and say to them, 
the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What do I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Then he added, This is what you will tell the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. This has always been one of my favorite Bible stories, especially in more recent years. It's been one of my favorite because this is one of the first examples in the Bible of God using imperfect people, humans, to carry out the divine plan for salvation. You continue to see time and time again through the Bible that God uses these individuals like Moses, who aren't perfect, who make mistakes, who have sinned. God still calls on them to do the big things that end up playing very important roles in creating stepping stones for salvation that culminate in the resurrection of Jesus. If you aren't too familiar with the, with the story of Moses, I'll give you a quick and brief overview. Moses began his life as a displaced individual. He was born as an Israelite, but grew up as an Egyptian after his mother sent him away as a baby. He had a conversion experience after witnessing the forced labor, the, the slavery, that the Egyptians were imposing upon the Israelites. He ended up killing an Egyptian after seeing him strike an Israelite, and after that, he fled Egypt and ended up in Midian, which is where he encountered God in the burning bush. God called Moses and was sending him back to Egypt to liberate the Israelites, his own people, and he put Moses in charge. Moses was very hesitant about this because Pharaoh had put a price on his head for killing the Egyptian. He wanted Moses dead, so obviously Moses did not want to go back. And this was just one factor that Moses was taking into consideration and that he was hesitant about. Moses felt like he didn't belong and didn't feel justified in freeing the Israelites, let alone leading them. All these things, all these oppositions that Moses brought up to God were shot down pretty quickly, and God was not having it. God called Moses for a reason, and for obvious reasons, because God is God, God was not about to back down. One of the reasons why this is my favorite story, um, which is a pretty superficial reason, is the animated movie The Prince of Egypt. Uh, it's a very well put together um, piece of art, and um, it's allowed me it allowed me to see how God used this imperfect person in Moses for something greater than himself. And this is where my story comes in. Toward the end of high school is when I began to realize how many opportunities I had been given to share my own story, my own testimony to how God has worked through through me and in my life. I've been able to give talks on retreats, go on mission trips, attend conferences, and countless other personal interactions and relationships. I'm forever grateful for these experiences that have allowed me to deepen my own faith as well as share it with others. Through all these experiences, I would always land on the same question and it would always bug me. I would always ask, God, why me? Why me to share my testimony about how I've experienced God in my own life? Why me to continue to get these opportunities to travel and lead and engage in programs and conferences that put me in contact with incredible people and with you? I never felt like I belonged in these circles, especially once I got here to UD. It was actually on a Steubenville conference my senior year, after my senior year, when I had a pretty profound mindset shift um, through some prayer and reflection. In reflection to this, in reflection um, from this story in particular, my mindset shifted from why me to why not me. Um, I'd be lying to say if I, I knew how I had that mindset shift, but 
Um, and, and this is kind of how I see the story of Moses in the burning bush and what he experienced and went through and struggled with. All this hesitation of why me, why me, but this, but that. God more or less said, well, why not you? But, I mean, also God kind of said, tough cookies, you're doing it anyways. That sort of mindset of why not me has definitely allowed me to grow a lot deeper in my own faith and my own life. I continue to be blessed with opportunities to lead, to travel, to share my story, to put together programs, to serve the community, um, um, right down to attending UD even. All these kind of things culminate to a pretty um, pervasive attitude of gratitude in my own life. And the first thing I, I, I do whenever I pray is always to thank God. I'd be lying if I say I didn't struggle with the question of why me anymore. Since coming to UD, I've been given even more and bigger opportunities and even more of a chance to ask myself, why me? For example, the past two years, I've attended the Catholic Social Ministry Gathering in Washington, D.C., which is a conference that gathers over 500 individuals in social ministry and charities, such as Bread for the World, St. Vincent de Paul, organizations like that, and over 100 students to learn about social justice and advocate on Capitol Hill. How I see it, you get to rub elbows with a bunch of really important people and incredible student peers. My freshman year was the first time I attended, and I was among upperclassmen student peers, and of course all the adults from the various organizations. Going in, I was incredibly nervous. I had never done anything like this before, and I didn't know any of the UD students that I was traveling with. All I knew, all I, all I did have was a passion for social justice and a desire to make a difference. Through the whole experience, I was continuing to wrestle with that question of why me? Who am I to be here to learn about all this stuff and advocate and interact with all these amazing people? I learned more about the policy side of social justice, which was completely new for me. Um, uh, the two feet of love and action are charity and social justice. And I realized at that point that what I had been focused on before, sort of like in my high school time, um, was charity rather than social justice. Social justice is a slow and really difficult work to make systematic change in our society as well as in our legislation. I also learned a lot about doing con congressional visits to advocate for the issues of the time. Since attending my freshman year, I returned my sophomore year and I've tried to keep the ball rolling and tried to stay engaged in my community in the political sphere. I believe the best way to do this is to educate others and inspire them to do the same. If you can make your own passion sprout sprout and grow legs, then it can be a snowball effect. Putting the spotlight on major issues in policy that are social justice issues can really help someone to realize um, the fundamental inequalities that we have in our society. One way I've done this is by leading the Real Dayton program, which allowed me to show others what I love about my own city, as well as share my own knowledge and experience about the inequalities and disparities right outside our door in the city that we call home. Asking yourself why me can be a pretty humbling reflection question sometimes. Um, but I believe like Moses, when God calls us to do things, when God gives us opportunities and sends us out into the world, that is God's love at work. These things that, we're, that, these things that we may be called to do are probably going to be challenging, but God never said it would be easy, but he did say it would be worth it. So as you continue um, 
throughout the rest of your day and moving forward, I have a few questions for you to reflect on. When have you felt called in challenging ways? How might God be calling you to take faithful action? And when have you taken on a challenge and found or discovered a gift or skill that you have? Thank you for your time, and I will keep you all in my prayers. Let us pray. O Jesus Christ, my Lord, you have created me to do some definite service. You have given some work to me, which you have not given to any other. I have a place in your plan. I may never know what it is in this life, but I will be told in the next. Therefore, I will trust you in all things. If I am sick, my sickness may serve you. If I am worried, my worry may serve you. If I am in sorrow, my sorrow may serve you. You do nothing in vain. You know what you are doing. You may put me among strangers. You may make me feel forgotten. You may make my spirit sink. You may hide my future from me. Still, you know what you are doing, and I trust you. God our Father, you have a plan for each one of us. You hold out to us a future full of hope. Give me the wisdom of your spirit so that I can see the shape of your plan and the gifts you have given me and in the circumstances of my daily life. Give me the freedom of your spirit to seek you with all my heart and to choose your will above all else. Grant this through Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer by Colonel John Henry Newman. Thanks for listening to Sacred Stories, produced by Campus Ministry at the University of Dayton. Our theme music is by Scott Paplow, Campus Minister for Liturgical Music. We give a special shout out to Riley Harrington and Sammy Niewoner, undergraduate assistants in the Office for Christian Leadership, Vocation, and Retreats, who support the work of this podcast. We invite you to rate and review us wherever you may be listening to this podcast so that it's easier for others to find. Additionally, please consider subscribing to our podcast so that you might receive notifications of when new episodes are released. Our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, as well as our Campus Ministry website. We hope this and future episodes help inspire you to explore the sacred experiences and intersections with your own life journey. If there are ways we can support and accompany you in your journey of faith, please reach out to us. You can learn more about Campus Ministry on our website, udayton.edu slash ministry, our Instagram, which is at UD Campus Ministry, and our Facebook. Check out our videos on our Campus Ministry YouTube channel and our upcoming events for undergraduate students on 1850. Peace and God bless. <music>